Merry Christmas, Jacob's Well Podcast. This Christmas Eve, we are celebrating the birth of the newborn king who came to earth with a mission to help all of those who feel forgotten, all of those who feel alone, all of those who feel like there's no one who sees them or knows them or loves them to know that they are included in God's plan of love. This Christmas season, we are celebrating the birth of the newborn king. Merry Christmas, everybody. You know, uh, the verse we just heard read as part of the introduction uh, always captured my attention. Uh, They were filled with great fear. I don't know if you've ever been filled with great fear. Uh, I know I have. Happens routinely, regularly in this world that can be kind of scary. Fear is a powerful thing. This Christmas season at Jacob's Well, we've been actually talking a lot about fear because the word fear shows up a ton in the Christmas story. It shows up particularly in the, the, the... book of the Bible we've been looking at that's been telling the story, the Christmas story, we've been looking at Luke's gospel. There are four biographies or what we call gospels, and Luke's gospel leans into fear, and particularly around uh, the Christmas story. It talks to a young woman who's uh, got an incredible challenge named Mary who's afraid, an older couple who haven't got children who feel alone who have fear, and, and it speaks to a group of angels, a, gr- a group of angels speak to a group of shepherds who have fear. We've just been talking about how fear is such a terrible way to live and how tiring it is. It's exhausting to live in fear. It robs us of the best parts of life. It robs us of our relationships. It robs us of our hope, our future. It gets us looking at ourselves and what we don't have rather than what we do. And so this Christmas, we've had a challenge to change our mind, change our thinking about this thing of fear. And, and this is a, a huge theme throughout the Gospel of Luke, um, where, where Luke is trying to say something really important. He's trying to say that we have a God who steps into a dark world. He steps into a world where there's a lot to be afraid of, and he comes specifically to people who are on the outside. We're going to continue on after the first year. We're going to do another series, and then we're going to continue on into Easter, looking at the rest of the Gospel of Luke. And one of the things that should just blow our minds is that Luke is all about including people who feel like they're on the outside. He's all about... uh, going after the other, the other person. He, he, he goes after people who they would have considered foreigners. He includes women in a time that women really were not included. He goes after people who feel like they have sinned or they have messed up so bad that there's not a place for them. He goes after uh, 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 soldiers and he goes after Samaritans and he, and he includes people. He, he chases lost sheep. He goes after prodigal sons because he wants us to understand that in this world, there is a God who includes us. And, and so we, we come to this part of the Christmas story and we're aware again of Luke's heart to include Mary, the forgotten young girl in the backwaters of Nazareth, this elderly couple who feels like life had gone on. And tonight, Shepherds. Now, now here's the funny thing about shepherds is that in the Bible, God has a special place for shepherds. He has a special place, particularly for people who has shepherds' hearts. It's it's actually the favorite metaphor in the Bible for people whose job it is to protect, to teach to be out in dangerous places, to lay themselves on the line to protect their sheep. He, he loves it as a metaphor for, for spiritual leadership and, and for parenting and, and for teaching. And so he has a special place in his heart 
four shepherds. He, he talks about even his very person being the good shepherd who cares for his sheep. And so, so he has this special place in his heart for shepherds. Now the ironic thing is, is that during the time of Jesus' birth, shepherds had become kind of outsiders. Now because of the religious rules of the day, and I don't think God really likes a lot of our religious rules, and I don't think he liked this one, because of the religious rules of the day, shepherds were considered outcasts. They were considered to be dirty people who lived in the fields, who took care of sheep. They were considered to be people who were, who were what they called in their religious terminology of the day, unclean or unfit. And so these shepherds um, find themselves being looked at um, as, as, as other. Now, the, the, the other ironic thing about it is, is that because during that time they had a sacrificial system where they would use lambs and goats and bulls and all that kind of stuff, particularly lambs and, and sheep, as part of the sacrifice, the, the shepherds were central to the, the worship of the people. People would come to the shepherds, buy a sheep, and then they'd bring it to the temple. But those very same shepherds that protected the sheep, cared for the sheep, they actually, because they were considered unclean, weren't actually allowed to go into the temple. So they very often weren't allowed to participate in the very worship. And so these are people who feel like they're on the outside in. That's what makes it so profound that God showed up to shepherds. He sent angels to be the first messengers to hear the Christmas story. Now, now that thing of, of feeling like you're on the outside is a huge part of God's people here at Jacob's Well. And, and, and just to kind of illustrate that, I want to share some things. I shared a little bit about this this last weekend, but, but um, I, I want to share it again just because it's such a beautiful picture of the heart of God's people to, to help hurting people, people feel like they're on the margins, to, to help them and to restore dignity to them because people were created for dignity and they were created to be included. And so, so some of the things that have been going on around here at Jake's Well this Christmas season is that um, we, we did these foster care packets. So 245 uh, of our people took these, these containers and they filled them with gifts of love for, for families that are leading the charge in foster care, who are, who, are, who are stepping into that incredible need that has exploded in our, our, our area. And, and these, these are now being given to families uh, with foster care. And, and one, one person wrote us a note. They said this. They said, my family received a foster parent support kit from your church. As a new foster parent, I was so touched by the generosity that your church displayed. As a Christian, I felt so supported and encouraged by the love that was shown by your church. Thank you for serving foster parents in our community. Maybe it felt like something small, but it made a big impact on my family. I just feel so blessed and inspired by these kits. I could write a hundred thank yous. And so this is a beautiful, beautiful picture. In addition to that, we found out that there's some needs among some of the agencies in our area for socks. And so our Jacobswell kids rallied. I mean, they rallied and they came up with 600 pair of socks for foster families, uh, for people who are in need. Just a beautiful thing. In addition to this, our, our Rush kids who are actually going to be doing our nativity between our services here in just a little bit, they, they, they visit um, 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 senior centers and, 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 and assisted living areas and, and they've built relationships and friendships. They've written a hundred notes and they've gone caroling. They've just shared the love of Christ with people who maybe are feeling alone and afraid this Christmas season. In addition to that, um, we don't even organize this. You just all come to us and say, listen, our family wants to help out some people. And so there have been actually, it's over 75, significantly over 75 
kids who have received just gifts through the generosity of God's people. One of our great ministry partners, the Faith Riders, they have uh, in the fall and the summer a rummage sale, and we match the gifts of that huge rummage sale they have. And in this Christmas season, they were able to provide food and Christmas for just a, a whole ton of people. And it's just some of the examples of what goes on. Um, this, this Christmas, we had some of our, uh, a few weeks ago, a speaker uh, who's serving God in, in a really dangerous part of the world internationally. That's part of our international mission board where there's 3,500 different workers all over the world sharing the love of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, and the work of Jesus all over the world. And, and we support that. That's just a big part of, of us coming alongside. And then something wonderful happened this last week is Hope Gospel is, is opening their new women's and, and, and family shelter. Um, and it's just a beautiful thing. And, and as part of Christmas this year, um, we're going to uh, give them a significant gift. In fact, all the offerings from Christmas Eve um, are going to go for our share partners um, throughout the year, and especially Hope and the International Mission Board. You know, these are our share fund. And, and, and why do we choose the people we support? Well, because these are people who share the message in the gospel of Jesus, but they do it in such a way that they restore dignity to people, and they help people who feel like they're in the margins or other become part of the family of God. Now, this is all part of our legacy thing, and, and a lot of you weren't here this weekend, so I do want to let you know that our first fruits offering that last week was over $800,000. That was a huge thing. That's an amazing, that's a Christmas miracle uh, that God has provided that, and that allows us to be a force in this area for God. And, and that captures the spirit of what these shepherds is all about. So, so let's talk about these shepherds just a little bit. It says this, it says, in the same region where Jesus was born, there were shepherds out in their fields, keeping watch by their flock at night. And so these are shepherds who are working late, they're in the middle of the field, they're in the same fields that probably David guarded, uh, guarded and protected his sheep, and so they're, they're doing their thing, but they're also living with the stigma of that day of being those who are outside. And it says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And look at this. And they were filled with great fear. And so being there at night and, and, and seeing this incredible, incredible sight of God's glory coming, um, um, just touched them in the deepest, most profound way and, and, and filled them with great fear. And, and, and I just wonder, I always imagine that there was this one angel that kind of had a sense of humor, was hiding behind a rock, he just scared the tar out of some little shepherd. Um, I can imagine that, but... That's just because I have a sick imagination. Um, but, but, but the whole idea here is that these are people who are filled with a great fear. And what we see is we have a God who comes and he speaks to the fear. And the angel said what the angel has said to everybody who's appeared to. The angel said to them, fear not, fear not. Not because there's not things to fear. Not because if you're alone in this world, you shouldn't be afraid. Because if you're alone in this world, you should be afraid. He says, fear not. For a reason. For behold, I bring you some good news. And we could all use some good news. We could all use some hope. He says, good news of great joy. One of the things that fear does is it drives joy out of our life. But, but when God speaks to our fear, it opens the door for joy. It opens the door for hope. We see that in all the Christmas story. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Again, this is a radical statement. We're used to hearing it because we've heard the Christmas story. But for the angel to declare that this is not just for a few people. This is not just for the people who are up at the temple. 
These are not just for the respectable people. These are not just for, you know, the, the people who followed the rules and done everything right. These are not just for the people who have the, the right color skin or, or the right gender or who vote the right way or act the right way. This is a message of hope for all people. It, it is central to the heart of the Gospel of Luke to say that Jesus came for the other. He came for those who were separated and far from God. For unto you, this is good news, unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior. And we all needed to be saved. We all need to be saved. We need to be saved in, in little ways, day to day. I, I've got a problem or I've got a situation. I've got something I can't get myself out of. And we need to be saved in a big way, an eternal way, because the scriptures tell us that all of us have, have broken God's heart and broken God's law and have been separated from God. We find ourselves on the outside looking in. But the good news is someone has come to save us from that. And, and, and that's your biggest problem. Your biggest problem is how can I get back to God? And a Savior has come to speak to that. That Savior, which is Christ or the Messiah, the Lord. So, so God didn't send somebody. God came himself in the most beautiful, beautiful way. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. He says, this is what you're going to look for. You're going to go in to Bethlehem, and you're going to look for a baby, and he's going to be swaddled, and that's pretty normal. But this baby's going to be in a manger. Now, what's a manger? A manger is a feed trough. Sometimes we get the idea that manger is like a Christmas word for crib. It's not. It's the place the animals ate out of. So after service, when you go out to the nativity and you see those animals... That's the place that they would have eaten from. And so what happened was they were in this stable and they had no place else. So Joseph must have just cleaned out as best he could this manger. They wrapped the child and that's where they put the child. That's where the child had his first crib. It's an incredible picture of the king of heaven, the Lord of lords, the God of gods, coming down in, in, in the most lowly, broken, impoverished situation you could ever imagine. It's God's way of saying, I came to identify with everyone, the least of these. One of the groups that, that Luke deeply loves and it comes out throughout his entire gospel is the poor. Those ones who, who have tried and can't and they, they, maybe they're oppressed, maybe they've had bad luck, maybe they have just all the different things, but those ones who don't have, the ones who live with, with the shame of poor because our culture, rather than empower people to live out of poverty, shames poverty. And Luke wants to come and restore dignity by God himself stepping into that. The Bible says that though God in Christ, Christ in God, was rich for our sake, he became poor. And the manger tells us that. It tells us that this is a God who cares about those who are other, who are outside of what we think is God's favor. He says, this is a, me a message for all of us and a God who stepped into the manger. And suddenly, he says, there was an angel of multitudes and heavenly beings, a host, God saying, uh, glorifying God. Now remember, if you remember, you've been here at Christmas, we've been saying that from the end of the Old Testament, that's the first part of the Bible, to the beginning of the New Testament, which is the Gospels, there was 400 years of silence from heaven where you didn't hear much from, from heaven. And then all of a sudden, at the beginning of the Christmas story, a couple angels start showing up and God starts working, well, all of a sudden, a whole host of angels, a whole, whole choir of angels. And, and interesting, the word host here, we tend to think host, maybe this is a choir of angels, sing choir of angels. The word host means army of angels. And so, so this angel army is coming and saying, the God of heaven, who has all power, who can unleash these angels, 
in wrath upon us instead has come in the form of a baby to include us. It's the most beautiful picture of a God who could just write us off, forget us, abandon us, instead becoming like one of us. Beautiful picture. And they sang, glory to God in the highest places and on earth, peace, peace. Wouldn't it be nice to have some peace? Peace among those with whom he is pleased. One translation says, in whom he find, they find favor. And so the whole idea there is that we find the pleasure of God or the favor of God. Another word for that is the grace of God. And so there is peace. There's hope. There's joy. There's everything that's spoken of in this Christmas message for those who find the favor of God with Jesus Christ. You know, uh, how do we find that favor? Well, to kind of illustrate this, I want you to just imagine with me that, that you and I are standing here and we're on the edge of a cliff and we look down and all we can see is clouds. We can't even see the bottom of the cliff. And we recognize that on this side of the cliff there is danger and there's fear and there's darkness. And on this side of the cliff, we're alone. And we look along and, 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 and way over on the other side, we see that there is a place of safety. And we look over and we can see God the Father there. And we look over and we see Jesus, his son over there as well. And we recognize that that is the place of safety. That is the place of peace. That's the place of forgiveness and healing. And we think to ourselves, how can I get from here to there? And so we start looking for some way to build a bridge, to create a rope. And, and we start trying some things. And we recognize that no matter what effort we make, we make Anything we make is going to fall down into the, 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 the separation between us and God. There's nothing we can do. And so we find ourselves filled with greater fear and greater despair because we recognize we're separated from God. Then all of a sudden, we don't realize it, but we look over and we see a manger. And, and in the manger is a baby. And then before our eyes and our imaginations work with me here, we see this baby grow up to be the person of Jesus Christ. And we first of all find this incredible comfort because now he who was there is here with us. Now we might be afraid at first because we recognize, wow, I haven't exactly been the best behaved. How many are on the naughty list this year? The truth is all of us are on the naughty list. And because we're separated from God, we have this desperate need. And we're not sure he's going to love us and accept us. But we recognize that he comes and he comes in love. So we look at Christ and we say, how are we going to get from here to there? What do we need to do to get us there? And at that moment, we see Christ and we see him step out into the chasm. And he puts out his arms and he's on the cross. And the arms of the cross are powerfully able to reach over to God and to reach over to us. And we recognize that when this baby who grew to be a man died on the cross, he provided the bridge to God. And all of a sudden, instead of fear and despair and the futility of self-effort, we understand God's grace and mercy. And we wonder, is it safe to walk upon this, this bridge? Are, are we welcome because others have said we're not good enough or we're not religious enough or we're not the, the right race or the right political party or, or the right gender or any of those kinds of things. And, and, and we, we recognize that, that we would have to go in brokenness. So do I need to clean myself up before? And we know in our hearts because we hear Christ saying, whosoever will can walk. And so in faith, we take a step and we walk on the bridge of faith 
not based on what we've done, but on what God has done in Christ. And we cross over from death to life, from fear to hope, to, to despair to joy. See, that's the message of Christmas. That's the good news. That's what's been given to us in Christ. That there was a time that we were without God and without hope. But now, in Christ Jesus, we have been included. And it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what problems you have. It doesn't matter you know, what things you've got worked out, what things you haven't got out. We have been included in Christ. You say, how do I get something like that? You get it simply through faith. You, you put your faith and your trust, not in what you do, not in what you can perform, not in any religious ritual, not in any act of charity or mercy. You put it fully in the finished work of what Jesus Christ did. It's glorious to celebrate the beautiful picture of Christ coming in poverty to align himself and to be with us it's more powerfully beautiful to recognize he became a man to now take us to the Father in heaven. And so I want to give you an invitation this Christmas season. I want to give you an invitation to walk across that bridge of faith. So, so if you're here this, this, this Christmas season and you are full of anxiety and fear and joy seems like a dream, change your mind Change your thinking and look to the cross. Look to Christ for who he is. Put your faith and trust not in what you have done, but what he has done for you. One of my favorite old Christmas stories, um, I've been telling this story for years, so forgive me if you've heard it before, um, but I love this story. It's a story of a man who on Christmas Eve um, decided to stay home. Uh, his wife had been praying for him and inviting him to church year after year, just to come and spend Christmas. But life had been hard for this person. He'd had some deep disappointments and some, some stunning turnarounds that had left him afraid. And, and, and fear grew into embarrassment because very often when we get afraid, we get embarrassed. That's one of the reasons some of us don't like to be scared. And, and that embarrassment caused us then to become angry. And that anger caused him to become isolated and, and pushing people away and pushing his family away and pushing God away. To the point that he was, he was like a solitary shell. Well, that Christmas Eve, his, his family got in their car and they drove to church and he stayed home. And as he was sitting there looking at the Christmas tree waiting for them to return to open presents, um, um, he, he heard a thump on the window. And, and, and then he looked and, and he saw a mark on them. And then he heard another thump. And then he heard another. And he realized that there was a flock of birds that had got caught in caught in a winter storm and the wind was swirling them around and they had lost their way and they kept hitting the window because they were wanting to come towards the light. Well, this person being particularly compassionate towards animals got up, put on his boots, went out and he opened up his barn and, and, and he, he tried to shoo the birds into the barn and, and they wouldn't have it. And, and then he tried to light the lights in the barn and, and as he was trying to desperately get these, these birds, these stupid birds into the place where they would be safe because, because, um, because they were in danger, he was trying to help them, didn't they understand? He heard in the distance the bells of the church ringing. And at that moment, the gospel that he had heard came to life. That there was a God in heaven who recognized he had gotten lost in a storm. And he was trying to find a way into light, and, and he had almost given up on it. And he realized that the same God, uh, the God had the same heart as him, saying to him, I'm trying to help you get into shelter. I'm trying to help you get out of the storm. I'm trying to bring you good news of great hope. And at once he recognized there was a God who loved them. 
So maybe this Christmas Eve, you're here because somebody invited you. You know, it's the classic thing, Mom, what do you want to Christmas? I just want you to go to church with me. Oh, okay, all right, I can do that. Okay? But maybe God snuck up on you. And he talked to you just these last few minutes through the words and the scriptures and the music that, that I've been living in fear. I've been living in anger. I've been living in isolation. And I recognize my hope is God. And the only way I can get to God is through Jesus Christ. If that's where you're at tonight, I just want to lead us in a prayer. And, and during this prayer, the team's going to come out and they're going to lead us in a song. And, um, and uh, during that song, um, 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 there's an opportunity to worship God. But this song is basically just taking a step of faith to walk across that bridge, to move from being separated from God to being in a love relationship with God. Will you pray with me and just let my words be your words this Christmas season? Father God, I have been afraid. Father God, I have been unsure. And it's been embarrassing and it's been unsettling and it's been overwhelming. I thank you that you are the God who doesn't come sending your angel army to wipe us out, but instead you send your angel army declaring messages of hope, messages of peace, messages of forgiveness, and messages of joy. Father God, this Christmas season, I need to receive that message. I need to just acknowledge that I need you. I need you because of my brokenness and my sin and just how messed up things are. I need you because this world is overwhelming and it's scary. And so right now, I just want to put my faith and trust in this baby who grew to become a man, Jesus, who died on the cross for my sins. And I'm spiritually walking across that bridge to you. And, and I come in faith because your son Jesus said that if we come in Jesus' name, you would receive us. Not as a stranger, not as an unwelcome guest, not as an outcast, but as a child of God. Will you come into our life? Will you forgive our sins? Will you make us children of God? That we might know you. That we might, we might just be people who um, are included and include others. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this Christmas... I want to give you just a couple next steps. Um, one is a simple thing, is that if you just prayed that prayer and you're saying, okay, I think I just opened my life up to God in a way that's brand new. Uh, we, have a, we have a gift for you. We actually encourage you after the service is all over, you can come forward. There'll be some people at the table and, and they would just love to hear a little bit of your story, pray with you. Not gonna be a big thing. If you gotta go, it's a quick thing. But we wanna get this gift in your hands so you know some first steps that you can take um, to know and follow Jesus. The second step I would give to many of us who maybe have been following Jesus um, as followers of Jesus for years is ask God this Christmas to take away any part of your heart that put people, any people, no matter what they're doing or what they're saying, in the category of other. And recognize that those people who you've given yourself permission not to love are loved by God. And this message of Christmas is for all people and that that would be the heart of God's people this Christmas season. The ushers are going to come and they're going to take our Christmas offering, which will go to help people in need throughout the Chippewa Valley and the world. And, um, and then we're going to stand and we're going to sing um, some more of these beautiful Christmas songs. <laughs>